1: what's up everybody welcome to the michelle mission two men one podcast every black film ever made my name is len aka the
2: bat triple and as always i'm joined by my partner hey hey this is vincent williams of it's all soul 8 to 10 p.m on gtownradio.com
1: tonight we are going back (laughs) to (laughs) 1967 you won't know why vince is laughing because i edited it out um <laughs> to uh review Sidney Portier in a this may be a, to me the start of
2: two genres of film. Two genres. Yes. Interesting. In two sir with love. Let's let's jump ahead with the two genres.
1: Well, it maybe is not the start of one of the genres. Okay, which is the um, the high school film, right? Right. Where the right. teacher
2: steps in, steps
1: in and, in, and you know,
2: sure, 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 shows, shows
1: the kid how to get along in in the world. Okay. What's the other genre? But I do believe that this may be the start of the genre of the magic
2: Negro. You think Mark Thackeray is a magic Negro? Yes. Interesting. All right, go ahead. (laughs) You just want to go? where? Why I think he's a magic negro? Not at all, because this is a review thing, and we got stuff to do. But I thought, I disagree with you. I hear you. Okay. But I disagree with you. All right. And we'll talk about that, because I had the same sort of mental exercise. Like, is Mark Thackeray a magic negro? Is this a magic negro? And then I thought about magic negroes. Okay. And I said, yeah, Mark Thackeray isn't a magic negro. Okay. He's more of a Christ figure. A Christ figure? We'll talk about. It. I mean, he doesn't die literally, but you know, he sacrifices one life for another one. Okay. All so right. But we'll talk. We'll Interesting. talk. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs>
1: Interesting. Um, but before we get into that deep dive, ladies and gentlemen, yes. and as always, we like to start with our um, feedback from all of you that hit us up on... Uh, uh, email at the Michelle Mission at Gmail dot com, as well as uh, tweets and follows us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Michelle Mission. Um, and thanks to all of you who went on to iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice to give us a ranking or ratings. We haven't had any new reviews, right, right, right. up on iTunes. However, we ha- have received a few more ratings. Okay, so and, and thank you. Thank Apparently, you. they were all five stars. Well, thank you. So we appreciate
2: that. Thank you. Believe me. Believe me. That really helps people It find really show. does. So the more, the merrier. Um, yeah, but don't wait. be afraid to proselytize. I never know how to pronounce that. I think you did it very well. Go out and sing, sing, sing our song. And I do mean our song. Sing. Sing our song. There you go. All of us. Sing out loud. On the mission together. Sing out strong. Bring a friend. Tell a friend. I don't know the rest
1: of
0: the words.
2: I don't either, but I was going to talk through it. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to be like Dennis Edwards in
0: in Silent
2: Night. Like you were saying, uh, in my mind, like the whole time, I was just gonna keep talking. (laughs) Merry
1: Christmas. (laughs) I
2: feel like
1: one of you.
2: That that is the hottest, sweatiest. I love Dennis Edwards so much. I love Dennis Edwards and I love Christmas music, Dennis Edwards because he is so hot and sweaty and you know you know he's wearing a velour sweatsuit. You know Dennis Edwards is wearing a velour sweatsuit in the as studio. In the studio. With no shirt. With well and he has on a gold chain. Yep. With some type of medallion. Yep. Getting caught all in his chest hair. Well, you know and it's a medallion and, and he would tell you it's the oriental symbol for love. And he would use the word oriental. Because <laughs> it's 1980. And it's Dennis Edwards. He's a bad man. <laughs> He's a bad man. He's a bad man. He
1: was a bad man. Is, is is um if you had to pick one
2: Christmas song. Oh my god. What? From the temptations or just period? Period. Oh, this Christmas. This Christmas, oh, this Christmas, Donny Hathaway, oh yeah, this Christmas, yeah,
1: no question, yeah. easily for a long time that was like my favorite song of all time. I'm, hey man, it really was. So, like I, I, I remember, I remember staying on the phone like forever mm-hmm. to, for like to get a request, yeah,
2: and requesting this Christmas in June. You know what? <laughs> Dennis Edwards says, "Shake a hand, shake a hand," and it's 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 just pure well Dennis Edwards didn't say I'm that. sorry not Dennis Edwards um Donny Donnie Hathaway Donnie Hathaway. Hathaway says shake a hand, shake a hand. the funny thing is Dennis Edwards the temptations have also remade um this Christmas they did and it's just, we actually talked about this last year it's it's just ridiculous like it's a ridiculous version and you can tell Dennis Edwards loved Donnie Hathaway saying shake a hand shake a hand because it's like just so pure mm. so Dennis Edwards says it like five times. In the Temptations version, it's hilarious. There have been a few remakes of this Christmas, right? We we talked about this. Did we talk ha- about that? And I despise every single person who has remade it, yeah. except for the Temptations, because it's Dennis, <laughs> Dennis Edwards. eighties is amazing. <laughs> anyway, thank you, all of you who have reviewed. Yes, and and given us five stars. That's our way. Thank you. Yes.
1: Um, going to the emails, we heard from Quenu from Cali. Hey, what's up, Quenu? I appreciate you brothers reviewing the after Earth movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While you tore it a new one. Oh, I don't think we did. You think we did? I didn't think we tore it a new we, one. I, I mean
2: You need to listen to like why did I get married or Yeah. Yeah, if you wanna hear it <laughs> like you wanna like you like wanna, <laughs> you wanna hear anal ripping or a <laughs> or listen to me talk about Common in um, what was that movie he was in? Just right. In just right, like like we, you know,
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I th- thought we did all right. I thought we were. Ve- I thought we, <laughs> thought we were very right. like constructive. I I, I I think constructive is a good word. Anyway, he, said, <laughs> he goes on. I enjoy your perspectives. And think you guys were spot on. Oh, well, thank you. I guess it's just in sci-fi one never sees us people of color. My main point was the positivity of black characters that are set in the future. As to your points on the actor's personal characteristics slash talents, yes, bad. It's just so good to be able to see the black characters not being the first to die. I, know that's I prefer right. sci-fi, so I am just happy to see anything that shows people of color in the positive.
2: I know that's right.
1: On that note, might I suggest a 2013 sci-fi black comedy? It's called Destination Planet Negro. Yeah. By Kel- Kevin Wilmot. It's funny and conscious. Much better than my
2: previous suggestion. Like, that has come up. Before people have talked about Destination Planet Negro, really, I don't even yeah, remember that. Yeah, I remember it came out a couple of years ago. I feel like we talked about it, but but absolutely, absolutely on the list. You know what movie? I jokingly
1: was going to select as uh, next movie to just show black people in it's Lethal sci-fi.
2: Weapon Two. No, <laughs> um,
1: and eventually we we'll, we will have to get it. Get to it because I do believe this movie received a theatric release. Okay, what is that? It's um, gay
2: niggers in outer space. Gay niggers in outer space. That's what's that? The eighties? Yeah, believe it or not, yeah, I th- the eighties. I remember when that came out. You do? I do. I just I just remember, <laughs> I just remember as a I, remember, I, I remember I remember people oh, wow. talking about the title because I think it might be a a satire. I guess so, yes. yeah. It's,
1: it's it's um it's a foreign film though.
2: Okay. So, so that might fall outside our purview. Not necessarily? Not necessarily, especially tonight, cuz here's Ego Lynn, you want to get into the conversation. I also don't know if this is an American black movie. I think there are some very British attributes to this film.
1: Well, I think there's this decidedly British attributes to it, but I think it it's also still decidedly an Af- uh, an American film. Well,
2: We don't talk about it. I don't know if Americans could have made this film. Certainly not in 1967. Are you serious? I'm. I am dead serious. I think so. Well,
1: we'll talk. (laughs) He said, "Well, we'll talk." (laughs) Um, All right. So that was from Quentin. We're all over the place. We are. There's absolutely no structure going on here. Oh, there's gentlemen, I apologize. (laughs) there's There's structure. There's structure. Trust me. Um, We also heard from Aaron Fry. What's up, Aaron? Uh, Speaking about TV movies. Okay. This may be a binge-lounge contribution, but two movies from my TV movie past which you guys may want to watch are Carter's Army, which was changed for some reason to The Black Brigade. The other one is Sophisticated Gents. The Sophisticated Gents. Both were watchable. But to me, Carter's army just doesn't hold up
2: i don't even remember carter's army but i, I love sophisticated gents what's the,
1: the sophisticated? oh gents.
2: sophisticated gents was a bunch of it was like five five for some reason i think it was more than five but it was like five or six black guys who went to high school together mm-hmm. and they had a club called the sophisticated gents mm-hmm. and this was set like you know 20 years after high school and I think, like, Bernie Casey is in it, and, you know, like, Thalmas Rosella and 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 it, it oh, wow. yeah. it's a, a, a
1: TV miniseries. That's right. I was about
2: to say, it was a miniseries. From the 80s that That's aired right. on
1: NBC, mm-hmm. an ensemble cast featured a number of African American stage and film actors, many of whom were customarily seen in soul cinema classic motion pictures in the 70s. The miniseries is based upon the novel The Junior Bachelor Society by oh. John H., John A. Williams. Um... Just call out the cast because the cast was crazy. It, wow, it's interesting. This film was um, it was produced and uh, uh, it was made in 1979, but it did not air until the, two years later. Okay, that's, yeah, that's that's, um, that's
2: who was in it. Well, let's see, let's see who was in. This. I'll just tell you, Aaron. I'll just tell you. I would love to do sophisticated gents. Sophisticated gents is impossible to find a copy of. Really? Yeah, because I've looked for it over the years. Oh, so it's not. It's not even like on. Uh, on. Uh, oh. Put it this way: not unless it's become available in the past two or three years.
1: well, well maybe it wasn't a hit. I mean, you know. Unfortunately, you know, those things happen. Let's see who who was in the cast of Sophisticated Gents. The cast was uh, Bernie Casey, Rosie Greer, yep. Robert Hooks, Ron O'Neill, your man and ours and mine, Thomas Rosella, Raymond St. Jock. Melvin Van Peoples, Dick Anthony Williams, Paul Winfield, (laughs) Rosalind Cash. Well, there's a reason to show up, dude. The cast is crazy. Jeanette Dubois, Alfrey Woodard, Joanna Mills, Janet McLaughlin, B.B. Beach, Denise Nicholas, yeah, Marlene Warfield, uh, uh, Bea Richards, Stymie Beard as Mickey Mouse, (laughs) and Mario Van Peoples, dude. The cast is crazy. Wow.
2: This is uh I have never heard of this. Yeah. It's 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 one of those weird things that either you caught it or you didn't. And if you didn't catch it, you just didn't know about it. Yeah, it
0: was
1: released on VHS in nineteen nine in ninety two, but it's never been released yeah. on uh, yeah DVD.
2: And I am not at a point in my life. Where I'm a big like buyy type things like like buy collectory like mm-hmm. like big expensive collectory like things, but I, I'd actually come out my pocket a little bit for a VHS copy of sophisticated gents. Like if somebody Do you had even a copy
1: have of, a VHS player, like I you would you I would of?
2: I would buy a player. Like I'd buy a. You, you don't have any VHS tapes left? No, I actually have a few because I knew it was stuff that was never going to make it to DVD. So, like, I have like maybe fifteen. But do you have a
1: VHS? No, I don't have a
2: player. But I'm just saying, it's uh, you know, I knew at some point, I you know, I'll just get a player.
1: They don't make players, of course they,
2: of course they do, and they're filling up landfills with them. Of course they make VHS players. Of course they do. Of course they have VCRs. No, they don't. I could buy a VCR in the next 24 hours here in the city. Okay, yes, you No, no 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 a brand new one. I could buy a brand new VCR in the city of Philadelphia in the next twenty four hours. There is no question in my mind. Really, no question in my mind. Yeah, maybe I guess I don't know. between Chinatown, Old City, and what's another problem like East Passyunk is somebody that I could buy a VCR from. Okay. And you would buy a VCR. I would for, buy a VCR for sophisticated gents. So not for
1: anything else that is sitting on your shelf.
2: Not for anything that got, I have. Right. You got sophisticated if tricks. I found a pristine copy of sophisticated gents on VHS tape, I would buy VCR.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Alright. Now everybody knows. <laughs>
1: Knowing is half
2: the battle. Yes. Uh, we're
1: having fun. In the other the- half is
2: blue and red laser beams. <laughs>
1: We're having <laughs> they're having a good time in the Facebook uh fan group. The show mission, ladies and gentlemen. I should say Vince is having a good time. <laughs> Vince is having a ball in there. He's turning people on to Stranger Things. Oh yeah. I mean so far he's got Nikki Simpson who actually says, and now I am fully convinced to watch Stranger Things. Thank you, Vincent Williams, yeah. for giving me context and a reason to watch. It's I will start stuff. with season one and hopefully squeeze them. All in post haste.
2: Yeah, good stuff. I'm I, a I'm a big Stranger Things fan.
1: I've only watched the first episode of season two so far, but um, right. But you watched the first season. I did. Okay, I, right. I did enjoy it. Yeah, I did enjoy. I did uh, enjoy it a great deal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, I see that Netflix is, uh, and we had. I know we have talked about this. The um, making the series of She's Gotta Have It. Yes. Have yeah. you watched any episodes? And, and it just hit recently. It just hit. How many episodes is it?
2: I, I'm i going to assume 10. I don't know that for a fact. Have you watched any? I watched the first two episodes. What do you think so far? It's really good. Really? Like you ever see anything and it's so good that it kind of gets you scared that maybe you're over selling it. Mm-hmm. Like you like remember the first time you saw, you know, I don't know. Like, whatever it is that you think is the greatest thing ever, remember the first time you saw it? Yeah. It's not the greatest thing ever. Okay. But it's really good. Really? Yeah, and it's, like, ridiculously better than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. Now, Spike Lee has a hand in this. Spike Lee wrote... Well, the first episode is, a, is you know, a... F- Fairly close adaptation of the film. So a truncated, right, right. And, you is it
1: a half hour or an hour?
2: It's about forty five minutes. Okay, and you know they made a couple of changes to the characters. Okay, and then the second episode So
1: they updated it. Is it not? That, oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah.
2: This back is, back. is this is two thousand seventeen Brooklyn. Right. right, and then the second episode was just a continuation. Okay, and it was, it was, uh, like I wanna Like I think it was amazing. Really, like. <laughs> Me and my wife and watched both episodes, and like they went off, and we kind of looked at each other and was like, "That was good. As, was that was real good? Is it a comedy? No, I mean there are funny moments, but it's not. A but comedy. it's not a comedy. Hmm. But see, I don't remember.
1: She's got to have it being like a. She's got to have it.
2: Was it? It. It has funny moments. Like Mars is still Mars. Right. Greer is is ridiculous. Okay, Like, Greer's, like, they've taken Greer as, like, the good-looking guy mm-hmm. and kind of turned it up a notch and made it ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But Greer was always a little ridiculous. Like, my fa- one of my favorite scenes from She's Gotta Have It is when they're, you know, about to have sex. And Greer takes 20 minutes to yeah. get in the bed because yeah. he's folding his folding clothes. His clothes up and, and, you know, right, so... Right, right. Take that about Greer and then just sort of unpack. <laughs> See what I did? Unpack. Unpack that and you have that character. But it's it's good. Is it? Is it... Uh, and it's beautiful. You know, it's absolutely beautiful. Like it's I not th- black
1: and white. So no, 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 no. no. It's not
2: black and white. Spike Lee, I don't think, is handling a lot of the script work. At least in the first couple of episodes and seeing so the producing. other writers and directing. Oh, he's directing. So he can just direct. Okay. And you know I've said it before like 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 nobody loves Brooklyn. Like Spike Lee loves Brooklyn. Right. Like Brooklyn is just a living breathing character in this thing. Now, how is the lead? She's fantastic. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's very, she's absolutely Nola Darling. You absolutely see how how everyone around her the Wanda Wise. Yeah, you can absolutely understand. Everybody is in love with her and wants to hold her and can't quite catch her. Okay, like she's perfectly cast.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, I mean, one last question about it. Okay, considering that this is an adaptation of a movie into a television series, far from the. First time it has been done. Yes. For Farby, the last. How comparable is it to
2: um, Dear White People? Another. I think it's, I think Dear White People, I think Dear White People was much more episodic to the point where Dear White People almost became a loosely connected anthology. Okay. You know, like right. each character right. had their own story st- and, arc and distinct and- mm-hmm. episode. And you know, again, I've only watched the first couple of episodes, mm-hmm. but this is very much a show about Nola Darling. Okay. And and she's a young black woman living in 2017 or 2016, modern Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and everything that goes along with that. Okay. And you know, for something that, you know, had to have been filmed over the past couple of years, it is so immediate in the in the themes that it's tackling. Hmm. Like, you know, as as far as cat calling and right. and and you you know, and, and sort of sexual assault and you know, all of that. So it's it's you know, again, I've only seen two episodes, the thing might fall apart in a third episode. But the first two episodes are amazing.
1: Okay. All right.
2: I'll be interested to uh, check it out. Yeah.
1: Um, It does look like it's going to be about 10 episodes. Spike Lee didn't handle all of the writing. He wrote the first one, Um, but then uh, he brought on uh,
2: his sister, Joali. She's actually in. She's in it too. Uh, His other sister, Sneaky. I think that's a brother. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Um, as a and a, a Barry Michael Cooper, mm-hmm. uh, Issa Davis, Lynn Notage, um, so he's, he's got other people working with him writing
2: on it. Um, we have- no, I wonder is that Barry Michael Cooper of New Jack City fame? I believe so. Yes, yes. I believe. I think. I think he's one of the producers too. Uh,
1: yes, it is. Yeah. So. Um, so I will be. I'll be I'm very interested in checking out. I'm interested in checking out especially considering that we, me and you, have spoken before about, uh, you know, having problems with how Spike Lee writes women in some of his... Well,
2: you know, I think and and She's Gotta Have It kind of bears it out. Like, I've heard people... I love She's Gotta Have... Like, I think Nola Darling is one of the most complex, complicated female characters of like the past 60 years Mm. i love the decisions that the men in the film make i love what ultimately happens like i know you know i don't want if you've never seen she's got to have there's some stuff that happens that spike lee has said he wished he had made different decisions Mm -hmm. but i thought it was the perfect decision because the character that you know, the characters, it fit the, the character it as absolutely yeah. fits the character, and that's the kind of dude that does this kind of stuff. Right? Because that dude is feels like he's owed something. Right. And um, it always kind of confused me how his female characters kind of fall apart after she's got to have it. Because mm. I think Nola Darling is amazing.
1: Well, according to Rotten Tomatoes, the the series holds a ninety six percent certified fresh rating, uh, with the site's consensus being that it's fun, fascinating, and feminist. Spike Lee's classic is born again for a new generation. That's she's got to have it. A new series available on Netflix right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, I'm going to have to check that out.
2: Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. I'm
1: definitely going to have to check that out. Um, and hopefully I will check that out over the course of the next 10 weeks or so. Because we, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, are on a mission. We are on yes, the road to
2: 100. Yes, we are. We actually had to sketch them out. We had to. Even before to we start of, recording, we sketched them out.
1: We had to map it out so that we can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen that episode 100
2: I don't think we should announce a date. You don't think we should announce it. Not yet. Why not? Just in case, just in case there's a hiccup.
1: You don't want to I mean some people might want to get their, their ducks in a row, man. There might be people that may, suppose the All right. All the, right. The, the 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 100 billion dollar Triple couple. Oh, okay. He lives in New York. All right. But have children.
2: All right. Yeah. Want to come I down know to No, that's right.
1: Want to come down to one yeah. the hundredth? They got to get the 100 right. in a row. I'll,
2: hey, announce. Do it. So we've mapped this out. Do it. Do it. Do it.
1: And we have spoken to Ariel Johnson yes, yes. of Amalgam. And the 100th episode, which you know will be our review of. The Wiz, that screening will be on Saturday, February 24th.
2: Okay, there it is.
1: Saturday, February 24th.
2: Saturday, February 24th. Yes. We will be
1: screening <laughs> The <laughs> Wiz, ladies and gentlemen, at Amalgam Commons and Coffee House. Now, there it is. not only that, we will also because I have in speaking with Arielle Johnson of Amalgam Comics and Coffeehouse I've cleared it with her that we can have the entire day we can take over Amalgam Comics. There you go. Because she, she actually listened to the episode. Yeah, She was like, oh, well it's nice for Linda plan out my Saturday. Yeah,
2: yeah. I actually saw her last week too and said to say, I was like, "Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of
1: we kind of booked ourselves yeah. but she was with it she yeah, yeah, she's yeah, with yeah. it good sport so on Saturday February 24th we are going to uh, kick off the day at Amalgam Comics alright uh, that probably like that early afternoon these times it's to be determined the times to be determined they'll be announced ladies and gentlemen but it's going to kick off as we screen Polly Polly with Keisha Knight Pullum, and uh, Felicia Rashad. And
2: Felicia Rashad,
1: that lovely, heartwarming uh, music TV movie musical. Yes, will be the perfect lead-in for our screening of the Wiz. The Wiz, which is the uh, the uh, redo or redux, as as you will, of the Wizard of Oz, but with soul. What was soul with Dinah Ross, Michael Jackson, Nipsey
2: Russell, Nipsey Russell, the dare I say the great Nipsey Russell?
1: <laughs> yeah, you dare. Um, and uh, Mabel King,
2: Mabel King.
1: I'm I'm throwing a blank on the gentleman's name. I know his name. Um,
2: Who are we talking about? The Lion, uh, Ted. Um, mm, it's right off the tip of my tongue, and I love him too because he and Mabel King are the only cast members. That made it to the movie,
1: uh, the the cast members of, the of original of the
2: of the, uh, of the play, right? Of the musical play.
1: Oh man! See now, I have gotta look it up.
2: Oh, this this is something. I know else. his first name's Ted, and then I just lost his last name. His first name's Ted. His first name's Ted. It's more than just Ted. I want to say Ted Lang, but that doesn't sound Ted right. Ted Ross. Ted Ross. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> And Richard Pryor. Did you say Richard Pryor? I did not
1: say Richard Pryor. Yeah,
2: Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor and as the Wiz, As the whiz.
1: So we'll be screening that yes on February 24th. And then we will round out
2: the evening. Round out the evening. With an adults only screening of Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights.
1: All in honor of the great Della Reese. In
2: honor of the great Della Reese. And Richard Pryor. And Red Fox.
1: Oh, there you go. You're right. I forgot. Richard Fryers in that too. And Charlie Murphy. And Charlie Murphy.
2: And um
1: Uh Ar- I- Arsenio Hall. No, he's not
2: dead. Oh, you see,
1: oh you're just you're saying talking talking about dead dead people. people. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yes, there and um I just forgot his name. Mo Better think. Blues, baby's Kids. Uh, oh,
1: Robin. Um, and
2: Robin Harris. Robin Harris. Boy, the more I think about it, like, I feel Boy, like... Oh is he in, um... I feel like everybody else in the film needs to... Wa- I feel like Arsenio <laughs> and Eddie Murphy need to be careful. That's right. The whole damn cast is dead. Jesus, he wasn't, um, Harlem Night. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it is. It's like the whole
1: cast.
2: The whole <laughs> cast is... Wait, Danny Aiello. Is Danny Aiello still off? Maybe Danny so. Aiello still alive? I think so. Yeah, I feel like Danny Aiello, Arsenio Hall, and Eddie Murphy need to watch themselves, they... <gasps> right? Because Whichumacallum is also dead. I think Danny Aiello. Danny Aiello. Tommy from uh, Martin, he's dead. He's dead too. Jasmine Guy should watch herself too. Somebody need to go keep eye on Jasmine Guy. Get back here, Vince. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. The kids, I love them. <laughs> I've been chosen. <laughs> I've been training for this my whole life. Oh, oh so you see, Vince in a Rocky that, bot uh, no- <laughs> I have to protect Jasmine Gah from death. Oh my god! Oh my god! The prophecy has come true. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I've got like a twenty two in, in my trunk. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> so the whiz. No, 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 Harlem night.
1: <laughs> Let's get into, um, to serve
0: with love. <laughs> These kids are a special breed. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. Young and wild. Potter. Not quite adults. Potter. Yeah. They're as in as Carnaby Street, as hard as the streets of London. As touching as a 16-year-old who knows all the answers. You're not in trouble, are you? No, sir. Well, nowadays, it's only for fools, isn't it? If you wanted the sky, I would write across the giant letters That put the a, a feet high To serve with love Sidney Poitier in a role worthy of his Academy Award-winning talents as the teacher who joins battle with the wildest set of rebels London ever produced. What is the
1: matter? Those kids are devils, incarnate, huh? I've tried everything, everything but
2: nothing.
0: I tried. Kids, kids, that's it.
2: So sorry, it's
0: slipped. Christian Roberts as Denham. Judy Geeson as Pamela. Uh, don't worry about your desk, sir. I'll tidy it for you every day. That won't be necessary. That's perfectly all right. A woman's work is never done. Susie Kendall as the young teacher. I think he fancies her. I know you do. Pamela Dare has quite a crush on you. Women say the damnedest things. I think he's nice. And introducing Lulu, one of England's favorite pop singers. Look at me. I am a lady, I am. Now, in her first film as one of the bright, hip youngsters. And sharing the musical spotlight, Britain's top big beat group, The Mindbenders. It's to serve with love is a special kind of motion picture, striking at the heart of what it means to be young. Emotionally, Brilliantly and provocatively portrayed. What are we going to talk about, sir? About life, survival, love, death, sex, marriage. To, sir, with
2: love. To,
1: sir, with love. A 1967 British drama film that deals with social and racial issues in an inner city school in London. It stars Sidney Poitier and features Kristen Roberts, Judy Geeson, Susie Kendall, and the singer Lulu making her film debut. This film was written, produced, and directed by James Clavell um, and based on the 1959 autobiographical novel of the same name by E.R. Braithwaite. Mm-hmm. The title song To Serve With Love sung by Lulu reached number one in the U.S. pop charts for five weeks in the autumn of 1967 and this film was uh, noted by Entertainment Weekly as number 27 on their list of 50 best high school movies. The film deals with Sidney Poitier's character Mark Thackeray, an unemployed man who applies for an engineering job while waiting to hear back takes a position as a teacher at the North Quay Secondary School in the tough east end of London uh, where he has to deal with a classroom of tough east enders
2: that give him uh, hooligans even
1: hooligans uh, full of uh 'er ne'er-do-wells, ruffians,
2: (laughs) (laughs) rapscallions. To start with Love,
1: it was a 92% fresh rating on the review aggregate website Rotten Tomatoes. Um, It grossed $42 million in box office in the United, United States. It's had some reasonably good reviews over the years at the time in 1967 New York Times um, reviewer Bosley Crothers began his review by contrasting the film with Poitier's role and performance in 1955's Blackboard Jungle
2: Mm, of course
1: Um, but overall he says he enjoyed the film it comes off as a cozy good humored and maybe a slightly unbelievable little tale
2: Interesting that he found it unbelievable.
1: Very interesting. This film was an episode uh ninety-one on our Michelle mission is the selection of Vincent Williams. Yes indeed. What say you
2: of To Sir well, Worth Love? Well, I love this film and I'm fascinated by this film. Mm-hmm. So I'm a sucker for these films, like like these the we, high school, the film? high school, the teacher goes into the high school and and kind of helps and changes things, and then he teaches the kids, and the kids teach them. I'm actually a sucker for these films when they aren't some icky, you know, white people going in and helping some black people learn how to do stuff, okay. stuff which we'll talk about more. But you know, stand and deliver, mm-hmm. Hoosiers. Dead Poet Society, like any of these films, I'm a sucker for. Okay. And this is probably the film that began my love of this genre, if you will, this subgenre. Okay. I think you, you know, obviously we're gonna talk about Sidney Poitier, but I think this is a film thinking about it today, where it reminded me a bit of what we talked about, the relationship in 48 hours versus the relationships in the films that come after. Okay. I think as someone who teaches I will say this very rarely has a film captured that alchemy of young people Mm -hmm. where they're all little shits and you hate them but you also love them Mm -hmm. like I think that's a really hard thing to capture and this cast did it really well. I think, you know, we're going to talk a lot about Judy Geeson's performance as Pam. Yeah. I think I think that whole storyline is one that you have to thread the needle very carefully and I think they did it brilliantly in this film. Sydney Portier Oh, well, you know, I liked I think it's a good script. I think the direction is fine. I think you you know the direction goes from you know good and solid to there are moments that I think are 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 really really great. Like okay. I think there are great moments mm-hmm. in this film. I think the chemistry between all the cast, whether it's the chemistry between the the kids and or the chemistry between the kids and Portier is fantastic. Sidney Portier, you know, this is our first really, I would say, proper Sydney Portier film. Like, like when people talk about Sydney Portier, this is one of the films that comes up. This is one of the benchmarks. It is is, really, and yeah. and I think you understand why Sidney Portier is a star. Yeah. When you see him in this film, yeah. I think this is a role that is 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 very understated. -hmm. Just by definition, and I think his training as a stage actor, where he gets across a lot of information with not a lot of movement and not a lot of speech, is amazing. Like there, there are scenes in here that are soundless, Mm -hmm. but it conveys so much information because of Portier. Right. I think this is a film, and this goes into why I'm fascinated by this film. I, I think one of the critiques that Sidney Poitier has gotten over the years, and, and certainly as, as we move a couple of years after this into the 70s mm-hmm. and the black exploitation period is that, you, you know, Sidney Poitier is this sort of neutered black man. He's, you, you know, he's, he's desexualized, this, that, and the other. And I think this is a film where I argue against that because I think Mark Thackeray is very sexualized. Mm -hmm. Every woman in this film wants to have sex with Mark Thackeray. Mark Thackeray does not have sex with them. Now then, whether that, we understand that that's just the nature of the film industry and just the realities of 1967. Yes, yes. But Mark Thackeray is not one of the characters that Tyler Perry plays. Mark Thackeray... Is not uh, I was thinking of like Meshack Taylor in designing women. Okay, you know okay. Mark. You know Mark Thackeray is not he, that he's not Meshack Taylor. He's no. not Meshack Taylor. Where you know they're basically eunuchs. Yeah, like Mark Thackeray is. Uh, I mean, he's basically he's basically Steve Rogers in this thing. Mm-hmm. Like all the men want to be him. All the women want to be with him. Mm-hmm. Everyone aspires. To be Mark Thackeray. Yes. And he's just completely removed from all of it. So that, you know, going to what fascinates me, the racial politics of this thing, even in 2017, where basically, you know, I've said for years that, you know, what's to certain to love about? Well, Tassur to, to Love is about this perfectly colonized black man who civilizes some savage white children. <laughs> Like, that's the plot of the film. That's the plot of the film, yeah. And the subplot, or sort of the the shadow plot, he's also civilizing the adults. Yeah. You know, the adults around him, the teachers, who, as one of the teachers says, we're the bottom of the barrel. Mm -hmm. He's teaching them how to conduct themselves. Yeah. And that is really, really interesting to me. So again I love this film I've, I've loved this film pretty much since I was like a teenager I've always kind of you, you know and, and you know without I think this is part of the reason I teach like it really is one I was of the, wondering whether oh oh! I, I tell my students all the time like I feel you know I feel like at the end I'm you know because we're at like the end of the, the term now I tell them I'm sending them out into the world and now some some new toughs are going to come in and tell <laughs> me that they have that I have them next time and I got to rip my engineering letter in half <laughs> <laughs> going straighten <in> them out <laughs> but um yeah but this is your first time this is my first this time is your first time seeing it so so where are you at with to serve with love i i, I enjoyed it okay i did enjoy oh it. let me say i'm sorry before you start because i do have to get this um i have to get this this sort of disclaimer out some of it does not age that well there's some gender stuff in here where well, you yeah. know, where I talked about you know he's basically civilizing the savages. Yeah. Well, part of how he civilizes them is you know he says some stuff to yeah. to the women that's like ooh like I was listening to that I was like ooh Mark Thackeray, yeah, talking a little crazy right now. But yeah, you know, and, and, and it was nineteen sixty seven. It
1: was it was nineteen sixty seven. But even but even for nineteen sixty seven, it was still kind of bold and shocking. Yeah, especially for. In a film, for a black man to stand up in the front of a class, in front of a class that is predominantly, except for one, you know, voiceless woman, right, right, uh, white girls, yeah, and read them the riot act.
2: Oh my goodness! I mean, he,
1: he he called them just about everything under the sun that you can.
2: Yes, he did. He
1: he 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 called them the three dollar word for B's and Cs <laughs> like in every which way that he could. Yeah, yeah. And he meant it and they had it coming.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey man. Um and it
1: was it was it was it was very shocking and uh I enjoyed it. Uh I enjoyed the film. I did like it. This mm-hmm. was my first time seeing that. I had thought for some reason I had seen it but I guess I never did. You were thinking about Lethal Weapon 2. It probably was. It's, it's similar it's, it's easy. It is similar. You know. Similar um, <laughs> lethal Weapon
2: 2 was a remake of <laughs> To So With Love. Um, Danny Glover, very desexualized in Lethal Weapon films. Go ahead.
1: There is. The first thing that I, I would. There were two things that just stood out to me in this film. One is. It's a great looking film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love the way that it's shot. I love. The scenery, you um, know, it's filmed on location in London. Um, there's some sound sets, but for the most uh, sound stages that is used in London and at Pinewood Studios. But for the most part, it's filmed in the streets of of London. I loved it. I love that the the actors were speaking a very hard Cockney. Uh, mm-hmm. of that made it hard to understand what they were what they were saying um and but i liked it because it just lent an authenticity to the dialogue as well as just the the atmosphere that the film was was um creating and i also liked that Sidney portier's character without sounding like a dunderhead was, you know, there to kind of like, uh, educate us a little bit in, on some of the cockney. Right. You know, I, I, I did enjoy that. So that stood out to me. And then the other thing that did stand out to me was Sidney Poitier in that, you know, I've always liked Sidney Poitier. I've had nothing but the highest regard for Sidney Poitier. Um, and and I've seen some of the benchmarks of his career, raising in the sun, right? right. Uh, you know, the uh, the defiant ones, um, and of course, you know, heat of the night, right? Um, but this is the one that kind of like had uh, escaped my radar, and um, and also, what's what's the other one? Uh, guess who's coming
2: to dinner. guess who's coming to Denver?
1: Um.
2: He real neutered in that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's big time neutered in that one. In this one, you're you're right. He you can sense that this is Sidney Poitier like damn near at the height of its powers. He is, actually. In nineteen sixty seven, he yeah. is the box office king in the in the world. Um and you can feel it resonating off of the screen. Um not only in just the the magnetism that he has and the power that he has, but in the dignity that he has in his acting. Um, that is just, I just enjoyed watching him walk down the streets. You know, just watching him walk down the streets of London
2: was just. What's that, cool. say, what's that say right there? Fourth line from the bottom in my notes.
1: I just love how he moves. That's what he, he does, man.
2: Man, don't nobody move like 1967 Sidney
1: Portier. And it's not a stroll. Mm-mm. That's the important thing about it. It's not a stroll, it's just a confident walk, a confident stride, a confident head held high. It he wasn't but you could almost hear him whistling. I mean, I just re, I just enjoyed watching him just ha- and and I thought that as as an actor, I think he was um Welcoming the challenge of acting with uh, all of these younger kids, Mm -hmm. you know, in basically it basically like this theater class, which was the set of their classroom. And he was, you know, teaching them, teaching, teaching them basically how to to get over dialogue and acting and and build up the camaraderie that you do feel. Um, And they were showcasing that they had learned their lessons well throughout the film. So there was a great deal that I enjoyed about the movie. Overall, I, I really did like like the movie. Mm-hmm. It's dated in some places, of course. You said some of the the um, gender politics of it are like, you know, ooh, you know. Um, and some of the racial things that they touch on, um, I think they they do just touch on them. They right. don't go hard into them. Uh, but in reading up about the novel that this upon which this movie is based the novels like that so it's right. not it's not like they like you know uh, watered down the novel though the novel is kind of like plays like that as well so they're just being fair with the uh, giving you that same tone um, but they still do hit hit on it hard mm-hmm. there um, there's one point where You know the 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 race card is played in front of Sidney Poitier, and it's all the more striking because of what he doesn't say. Mm -hmm. It goes to a tight close up on him because you're expecting him to say something, but he doesn't say something, doesn't say anything, and it's all that much more powerful. It says all that much more. Um, So, and and I think that really, as I think about it, the big, you know scene that deals with race city 40 is not even in it, right it's between the kids, yeah, you know, which makes it a makes it all the more powerful, maybe some people might have a trouble with you know the person who's who's being called out and who's calling this person out, some people might have trouble with that, um but I liked it, yeah, I was thinking it, I was thinking like you know, yo, what's going on and i liked that somebody called this person out and
2: and i didn't care that it was it's, well go ahead but i thought that w- that's one of I, I think that's a fascinating exchange the more you think about it. that character is a fascinating character it, 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 the yeah, more you think about and
1: it and that i mean i mean spoilers for a 50 year old movie um but that character seal or um the black the one black character right, in, right, right. In, this, in this movie he he has an interesting story and yeah. his story is used to um push the push the narrative forward a little bit yet they don't they i i think they lose him in it they they want his story they don't really want the character, right? And I right. think that, and I think that plays a little bit to, to the detriment of this film. I think this film, made in twenty seventeen, you know, Seal's character is a lot more, you know, uh, more developed, right, than he is, and not just this this story upon which we can see how the the white kids, you know, right, right. Re- react, because that's really all it's for, right? There, um, so that bothered me a little bit. I knew that that was six, 1967. Right. Um, and in you shouldn't give it a pass for that. But again, according to what I've read, it's, it's
2: basically as it happened in the book. Right. And I think, again, sort of the racial politics of this thing, you know, is the biracial kid. Yeah. And so, you know, of course, there is part of the tragic mulatto trope there. Mm-hmm. But the film says in text and subtext that what tortures him is not his black half. This is white. It's his white half. Right. Like at one point, you know, the scene you're talking about, and they say, you know, why don't you say anything? Why don't you And he says, because I'm not, sir. I just wish I was. Right. So that the implication, you know, usually you see the tragic mulattoes, it's always that the black blood. Mm-hmm. It's like you're polluted by that jungle black blood. Mm-hmm. And you want to be more dignified and more cerebral like your white half. Mm-hmm. They completely, you know, invert that in this. Yeah. Where, you know, no, I would be like mister, but I have this white half holding me back. Yeah.
0: Which is crazy.
1: Th- that You just hit on another thing that you know um i really enjoyed watching about this film and this is and this is on a definitely on a subtext level i enjoyed that this film outside of seal and the the wordless black black um other black girl in the class is a completely white cast yes completely white cast yeah And I loved that with respect dignity and um, affirmation everybody
2: was calling him sir. Dude I'm telling you from the moment the film starts when he's on the bus with the three women Mm. and they get to talking (laughs) body about sex with their husbands and then sex with him and then sex with him he is completely above all of this. Yeah, he's completely separate from all of this. He has to be here because the brother can't get a job. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm slumming. Mm-hmm. And the film from the beginning to the end, and this, and I really want to hear your magic Negro argument because to me, that kind of pushes back against him being a magic Negro. Like the magic Negro is always there in service to this white hole. Okay. And, you know, the, the Magic Negro isn't really a character. okay? He's just a device. Whereas Mark Thackeray is just sort of... He just sort of floated down. Like, he had to be here. And, you know, when he gets the opportunity to leave, he decides that this is his higher calling.
1: Okay. I mean, I... I,
2: I so that's where you get the whole Christ figure. And, you you know, back to the to the script, which I, I like, I like the way the script disseminates information okay so that by the end, when you think about you know so if I say you know kind of like when we were going back and forth about Hoke mm-hmm. in in um, driving Miss Daisy, mm-hmm. and my whole thing is well tell me about Hoke and you kind of list the things that you know about Hoke from the film mm-hmm. if I say tell me about Mark Thackeray. It's amazing how much information that you actually have about him. You have, a, good, the you have a little bit. You yes. you know where you know he was poor and he worked his way through college and mm-hmm. he lived in America and South He was in California. He was in South America. He was an engineer. He lost his job. Uh, he you know he he still can fall back on that patois when he needs to. Yes. You know he can throw them hands. Yes. You know there's all of this stuff that. Mark Thackeray is an actual character. Yeah, see, but I for, I
1: guess the whole magic Negro thing that, to me, and, and mind you, I say that he is. This is the birth of that, right? So you know, you know, uh, um, while there is a character there, and he touches on it, he kind of he touches on it in. it's it's lines of dialogue. He tells you, outside of the hands, he shows the hands, right? Right. But everything else is basically a line of dialogue. Yeah, I did this, I did that, yada, 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 yada. Yeah, I went here, I went there, you know, but you don't really see those play out. You don't really see them, those get called back on in any way, except maybe that he, he because he had so many odd jobs, he learned how to make a decent salad.
2: Right, right. You know,
1: um, you don't re- so. Th- it's basically him just giving you dialogue. You you could argue that the boxing scene is basically so that there is some action in this movie, right? Right. Instead, it's just walking around from classroom in the to classroom. the dancing at the end. The less said
2: about the dancing, the better. Well, I think that da- I think because even though I like the no, scene, no. because here's the other thing. The other reason I don't wouldn't call him a magic Negro. He's not actually magic. Like, like Mark Thackeray's whole thing is just work real hard and control yourself. Like that is, well, that is, that is actually the entirety of the advice that he gives these savages. Yes. And, and, and it turns to work, them around. You need to work hard. You need to control yourself, mm-hmm. which, you know, you know, what I said, but like, he ain't snapping no peas. He ain't talking about honey, love, and and the spirit of the earth. And no, you need to work really hard. You need to have deferred gratification. Mm-hmm. You need to control yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to speak English better than you speak English.
1: Okay. Again, like I say, this is the birth of the Magic Negro. When At any time that there's a birth, there's a whole lot of things in there. I think there th- has
2: to be spirituality and, and some type of, well, magic. Wow. With the Magic Negro. Like, name me a Magic Negro who isn't, like, has some type of supernatural-esque stuff to him. And maybe I can go with you. Like, I've never heard of a Magic Negro that tells you to just work real hard and, and control yourself. Like show some discipline and some rigor. Okay, I don't think they necessarily had to be. I mean, just tell me one that's not actually magic. Like we call them magic because these Negroes are actually magic. Like the white man controls intelligence and science. Well, wait a minute. And Do... people who are of color, you know, Will we... Smith in the in the golf movie. You mean Will Smith who walks out of the darkness? and it's never really explained where he's from, that Will Smith, and then he disappears again? Does he? I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right.
1: All right. Well, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Magic Negro thing. I can, No, I still think... All right. Hey, man. I still think there's enough he, like he, I just say. He
2: is there in service to the white characters. Is, he is very much argument. is. Absolutely.
1: And you know, and then if over the years that that, that character gets distilled into to realms of spirituality, so yes, that it becomes yes. the magic Negro, that happens. But it all gave birth right here yeah, on You, to you, sir think, with you think this is it to Sir? First of so, all, first of all, is this magical that white people are calling a black man Sir? So
2: there you go, and well, they're doing it with love. Well, that's magic. Well, I think boom. That's, I think that's why ultimately Done. I think. Stop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that speaks to why this is a British film. And why, in a lot of ways, I wouldn't, if I'd have thought this through, I wouldn't have chosen this. Because, like I've said before, I'm more comfortable with African-American films. Mm-hmm. Because I think the thing about England is that they focus, like, obviously it's racism. Mm-hmm. But I think they're much more focused on class
1: yeah. yes. than
2: race. Or they focus on it in a, in a different way than we do here in the states
1: well there definitely was a little bit of both because you heard the, the kids talking about you know they couldn't be seen going into
2: a oh, black right dance, and but but even that girl. that was just bec- that was just sort of because of gossip and like that wasn't because you are actually worse than me or this like you actually have well a, i
1: think that, well I think like you actually
2: have a biracial character in this film yeah. and and his parents are actually married and you know there's actually some discussion about interracial sex in this film that you're not I mean again remember this is 1967 I forget what year um, in the heat of the night was but it's within a couple of years yeah. in either direction of this they edited out that black man slapping a white man. So I just think the sensibilities are different enough especially when you're talking about poor English children, mm-hmm. that there was some leeway for this, and you know, as you said, it's based on a true story, right? So you know, I would still call it a.
1: I mean, maybe it is a British film in in the in the in the sense that it is filmed in Britain, right? And it's it, it, damn,
2: they are all British cast except for you know Sydney Um who is who is actually. Guyanese, so you know, I don't know if he was. Is he a, no? I thought he's Bahamian. I'm sorry, yeah, he's Bahamian. Is he Bahamian? Baham-
1: Baham- well, yeah, he, he's he, trying to. Uh, my point is, he's not an Bahamas. American,
2: right, right? So, so he, you know,
1: not not American. Boy, like
2: no. there are no Americans in this thing.
1: No, not really. There's, there's not. Um, however, it is produced by an American, sure movie. Company. Sure, I mean, it's 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 British in the same way that the James Bond movies are British. They're British films. They're produced by American films. Right, right, right. Now, an argument can be made whether or not this is truly a black film. Now, I think that, I think because this character is black, based on a black man's book, and it's his story, right. it's, it's his tale that we're being related. related. I think that makes this, in my viewpoint,
2: a black film. I mean, you know, obviously you could make this film with a white teacher and and white students. You could, but then or it wouldn't be the true story. It, no, it wouldn't be a true story, but, you know, you could have that movie. But I think that's a different movie. Like, I think that actually changes the whole dynamic of the film. Like, you, you know, like when we talk about things, what was the Michelle Pfeiffer film that was the punchline for years about these was a dangerous ground or
1: dangerous minds,
2: dangerous minds where, you know, dangerous minds is the same movie. You know, somebody goes into the savage classrooms to teach. But because she was a white woman and these were black students, the whole dynamic changes the film. Right. So that again, I think that there is a very specific type of electricity to this being a black man that everyone in the film, like you said, defers to, calls sir, aspires to be. Like, I joke that he's Steve Rogers, like Captain America. Like, everyone in this film is aspiring to be Mark Thackeray. And I think if that character is played by Paul Newman, the film is a little less... Good. You know, I think I think it's a film we don't talk about, frankly. Probably like I think the exact same film with, you know, Paul Newman, who I think Paul Newman is as good of an actor as Sidney Portier, it's it's we don't even talk about it anymore. You speak about the people wanting to be
1: uh Mark Thackeray, and you also pointed out earlier about someone that wanted to be with Mark Thackeray. Yeah. The student Pam, played by Julia Deeson.
2: That's 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 a real thing right there. Really? Like like the young, like the, the girl on the cusp of one, like it's funny because, you know, it's like the whole film kind of lets you think that Denim who's like the, 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 the classroom tough, mm-hmm. and he's like the alpha male of the teenagers and, you know, he's the big sort of um conflict. But no, it's, it's Peg. Pam. Pam, it's Pam. Cause, and I thought the film dealt with it very well like i love I love her performance in this, I do because it is just kind of that kind of cusp of sexuality, mm-hmm. but she's still a girl, yeah, she's very vulnerable, yes, but at the same time, you can't drop your guard like there's a scene where she straightens out his desk
0: mm-hmm.
2: that is is you can actually feel the tension in the air, you can, and yeah. both actors perform it brilliantly. They do. They do so that when you get to the end scene where like you said where he dances with her and she says to him can you cuz you know of course he's teach he's civilizing them. So mm-hmm. they have to refer to each other by their last names and he calls you know Miss Dare and this and she says can you just call me Pamela tonight. And that's it. But it's it's actually palpable. It's palpable because
1: you feel when that scene comes up when she asks him about when she asks him about calling her Pam uh because it is the night of the the graduation right for more or less and he speaks about how nice she is that comes after a scene where they have a bit of a confrontation um that that doesn't end well she right. she ends up screaming out of there but the smart thing about this film is that you're left with oh man so now what's going to happen you know now they've because you know they're going to have to reconcile right and they do reconcile but it's not a reconciliation between the two of them because one he didn't
2: do anything wrong he, <laughs>
1: Well, he, he, he was coming at her about something that his mom had asked. Well, he's Mark
2: Thackeray. He doesn't do things wrong.
1: No, he doesn't. Um, the reconciliation is her because even though she left out there disappointed, mad at him, screaming and crying, all the while in all of the the subsequent scenes, everything that happened there is playing in her mind. Right. You can see it. She's a very very understated actress in that even in the other scenes where that have nothing to do with that you can see her you can see where her thinking about this type of stuff and you can see her connecting the dots and you know playing back what he said as well as playing back other things that he said along the way right Um. so that when she in a group setting with all of her other classmates you know puts a button on the scene that has just taken place, it that button is also her, the light going off in her head and like, he was right. Right. You know? And that and that and you see it too, as the as the viewer, so that when the next time you see them, you can understand why she is happy to see him. Right. She know and she knows what he did. She and she I think probably as much as she, you know, quote unquote was feeling him, probably now has nothing but the most utmost respect for him. Yes, absolutely. And she only wants him to her, him to call her Pam, you know, yeah, it's probably still a little bit of that crush thing, but it's also it just in service of what he means to her. Right. And I I and you know, Sydney Poitier he like like Yafakoto never needs to do any running <laughs> right. anymore. Sydney Poitier never needs to do dancing. However, for what he does in that scene, he is he is so he is so pitch perfect. Yeah. He is so pitch perfect, a little awkward, but getting into it. And he lets, his hair,
2: time, lets his hair down a little bit. let his hair
1: down a know little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit because he's Just, still you know. Because he's still
2: Sir. He's still he's sir. Still, still Mark Thackeray.
1: It's such it really is such a really um Good good scene. Yeah. Um,
2: and, and it spills right into this is one of my favorite endings to a film. Like, it's one of my absolute favorite endings. Yeah. You know, the, the toughs come in mm-hmm. from there. Because, you know, Mark Thackeray gets a job. Yeah, The engineering job that he wants. And they come in. And, and, and the, the new young toughs come in and say, we have you next term. And he stands up silent. Takes out the envelope with the... Because they sent him a plane ticket or a train ticket. Yeah. He his way. stands up and you can see him running the numbers in his head. Then he just rips it in half. Throws it in a trash can. Credits roll. Credits roll. So I already like the ending a lot. Credits go back. It's him... Before he walks out of the classroom because they gave him his, his old class gave him gifts, mm-hmm. you know they gave him like a mug and some flowers before he goes out, he breaks one of the flowers off of the stem, puts it in his lapel. Bootneer because now he's, now he's part of this school, yeah, and walks out walks after out. the new kids.
1: I thought that was like a perfect I scene. said damn. That was cool, and it it's a shame. You can't do that scene anymore. No. Because like you said, the credits run. Back in 67, credits were your actors. Yeah. Because they they pretty much run your directors and all that stuff in the beginning of the film. Right, right, right. So at the end of the film, it's pretty much your your actors, the end. Right. So it's short. Right. So you can come back to him, show him the scene where he throws on the boot in walks out the classroom, boom, dark. Dark black. Perfect. Yeah, could, and I, I I remember watching it. And yeah, like, you can't do that anymore. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, it was so.
1: it was cool, man. Yeah, it, it really, it really was cool.
2: Um, kind of wish that's the last image you ever got of Mark Thackeray.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, they did do a To sir with love 2 in
2: nineteen ninety six. Was it? I- I'm embarrassed for everybody involved in it. Sydney Poitier returns. He returns. He's about to retire,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but then he gets a call from his friend, who's teaching in I think it's L.A. Yeah, yeah. We need you. So the- <laughs> Mark Thackeray goes to L.A. Yes. in 1996 to deal with some black hoodlums and some Hispanic hoodlums, and it's just embarrassing. Like the whole thing is just terrible.
1: Nah, I, I didn't see it.
2: It's terrible.
1: It, and, but did that come out on the movies? I want to think.
2: I don't think so. I think, I it, think was it was a, t- a TV. Yeah, Whew. it was. So we don't, it, don't have. To yeah, we don't it. have to do it. <laughs> Speaking of that, though, there was I always thought kind of a sequel to this. So we've talked about. We've mentioned it before. You know, a piece of the action. Okay. Bill Cosby, Sidney Poitier's characters are blackmailed. Into helping with the after school center, and it's it's this really, you know, kind of confusing at first scene where they, you know, basically they have to decide between the two of them. One of us have to stay with the kids that actually come to the the center, the center, and one of us has to find investors because, of course, the center is going to go out of business, and they flip a coin. And Bill Cosby is tasked with finding investors. And Sidney Portier ends up with the kids. And even in 1970, you know, 77, 78, it was confusing because Bill Cosby was already doing like Fat Albert and mm-hmm. you know, it was Bill Cosby. It seemed like Bill Cosby would have been a better fit with the kids. Mm-hmm. Until you realize that they're doing a To Sir With Love riff. Uh, and it's, it's now Sidney Portier with some black teenagers, mm-hmm. including a very young Shirley Ralph. Oh. And it works, you know. It's not as good as to serve with love, but it's a nice little, you, you know. I don't like, like piece of the action stuff. So. You don't like it at all. You just don't like it it's as much as the since other I've two. Seen
1: it, but it, I I Whoa. remember not liking
2: it. it. Is clearly a case of diminishing returns with these films.
1: Yeah, but I really
2: feel yeah. I remember like but, actively not liking this. Yeah, movie. there are pieces of it that I think work, and and I actually think the Sydney Portier scenes with the kids works. Okay. But yeah, it's not a but we will talk about that when we get to it. You, you know, we
1: I guess we will eventually.
2: But uh yeah, um what to you, serve with love. What do you say about real quick? Okay. Because you're a music guy. Yeah.
1: What do you think of the 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 classic? It is a, it is a certifiable classic. Yeah. The 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 I can't be objective the about
2: it. it. I can't be objective. I mean, I love, you know, again, I, I, I just love this movie. So when I think of the movie, I think of the song.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you
2: know, it's, it's not bad. I don't, have any, I don't have any beef with it. But I do understand critiques of it. You know, it's a little schmaltzy. Yeah. It's a little gooey. But it's cute. But it's, it's, a cute it's catchy song. as hell. It's, it's catchy as hell. And I have a soft spot for Lulu, the singer, as um, Pam.
1: She's not Pam.
2: Not Pam. Um what's her name?
1: Peg. Peg. She's Peg.
2: Peg. She's Peg. You know, I like her as Peg.
1: I and I do like her character yeah. in the film. You
2: know, again, I like I really like this cast. So. Well, well done, Vince. Hey, man. To serve with I mean, look. So I take it you would recommend people. Oh, to this I, you know, I, I, look, man. I, I look. This really is like like in my mind, like you know people sometimes in their head they feel like they're shaft or somebody, like in my head, oftentimes I am Mark Thackeray, like I feel like i'm mark like when i if I go into a classroom and like I'm like you have a good class
0: mm-hmm.
2: like at the end of the class. I feel like I'm Mark Thackeray, like like you know, a kid sends me an email and, and and you know it was a good you know I learned something or I'll get an email from an old student. I'm like yeah, I'm getting my to serve with love one right now. Oh my god, <laughs> Mark Thackeray, Mark Thackeray, he's who I aspire to be, even though he's too perfect. You you talked uh, we talked about Mark Thackeray does everything, and he does it well. There's this funny little tick that he does that you know. You kind of see if you've ever drawn with chalk where he kind of brushes his fingers together to kind of get the chalk dust off. Okay. Mark Thackeray never actually has chalk dust on his hands. His hands are always immaculate. Like he kind of does them together as if he's getting the dust off. There's no dust. (laughs) There's no dust on Mark Thackeray's hands. His hands are perfectly manicured. Well, I mean, you know, he, he, he's he's Sidney Portier. Hey, man, nineteen sixty-seven. Like you talked about, I think I think Sidney Portier has a physicality about him that is undeniable. Like just the way he moves, and you know, you kind of like like I'm I'm going to lean on my blackness right now. Because I think when white people talk about black people like this, it gets real racist real quickly. <laughs> real quickly about you know black men and their physicality, and he moves like a panther. Right, right. But I think there is an economy of movement to Sidney Poitier. When he moves, that is, it is a joy to watch him move from place to place. Like I think he's, he's in in 1967. Like you said, this this is a Sidney Poitier. That becomes the icon right here. So yeah. I absolutely would recommend to serve with love.
1: Alright. Well, I would recommend it as well. I yeah. I would wholeheartedly recommend uh to serve with love. I think it's just um it's in many in some ways it's uh what's that word you
2: use? A But it, for some f- A frippery? A frippery. You think it's a frippery? It's no frippery. Uh, maybe it's not a frippery, but there's nothing frippish. I don't know if frippish is a word. <laughs> I was just looking for an adjective form of frippery. Mark Thackeray would know. He would. Mark Thackeray would know. He was teaching him how to make salad. He taught him how to make salad.
1: Alright, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um
2: there you go. Then you was talking about eating. And then she said, "Is that usually all you eat for lunch?" He said, oh, "You know I like to and he said, "Do you like to eat?" And he said, "Oh, I do like to eat." And then he talked to oh, her, I like, I like strawberry, shortcake and you're going to do a lot of stuff you know, and oh and, and, and lots of butter." And, and he was talking, and I was like, "Oh, Mark Thackeray, you know she's not really talking about eating food right now, right, But he's Mark Thackeray, so of course he knew, but he said, "But I like to eat light for lunch." Well, he <laughs> ate his orange, he ate his Pure orange. Design. I said, "Ooh, Mark Thackeray, just smooth ass. Got time for you? I don't have time for you. I have things that I have to do. I'm Mark Thackeray. You want me, but
1: I don't want you. Well, he wanted her. He
2: did want her. He did. Her. He, did her. he did want her, but." That was part
1: of that skip with the boutonniere. <laughs> Back out to the dance, but
2: she was looking good. Amen. Hey, she came dressed. Amen. Hey, she came dressed for Mark Thackeray. Yeah, she sure Everybody did. came dressed for Mark Thackeray. She sure did, including the bummy guy. That's the one I said the men wanted to be him. Yeah, he got like on. the bummy guy had, had combed his hair. Mm-hmm. I said, Lord, everybody coming from Mark Thackeray. But yes, we recommend to serve with love. We do.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, well, uh, what's next? Hey, I think we had announced that we were supposed to be Sister Act uh, 1 and 2, but we actually uh, jumped the gun on that. That actually is going to come the week after. Okay. uh, Next. Then you're up. So I am up. Yes. And while I am up, I am going to once again do you,
2: Vince, a favor. What? We're going to do Lethal Weapon too. No. It... <laughs> this time is personal.
1: I almost wish we were doing that. <laughs> Just so I could get this thing out of your system. <laughs> but no, we're not doing Lethal Weapon 2. Okay. <laughs> but what we will do is
2: have plenty
0: have plenty
1: yes
2: now you have or have not seen it i've seen it
1: once i haven't seen it since that one time very nice yes and and, and i want to do it because you always talk about how like about three or four different occasions you, this was like on the cusp of being right film right because because i'm
2: really really fond of this film and i've only watched it once yeah. and i remember yeah.
1: not being fond of it.
2: It's it's I, I don't i think it's easy to not like this film. Like i don't think it's a great film. Mm-hmm. But i think it's got a lot of can do spirit to it. I like the cast. Mm-hmm. You know, i probably like the cast more than their acting warrants. Right. But i like the cast um I think it's a really kind of this weird subtext, but we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll yeah, talk about it. We'll talk but about oh, it. I'm nice. revisiting it. So very I'm like, nice. I'm like, well, let's
1: have plenty.
2: What year was half plenty? Well, I don't know. What year is that? It's like oh, okay. we we'll look it up. I mean, we've got it. Too. We've got a computer. No, no, no. Because I have a. I'm. I'm. I'm wondering about my fondness for half. Plenty. I'm wondering yeah. about that and too. Like to know, when did?
1: When does it fall? I, with you, 1997.
2: Yep, that's probably one of the first dates I went on with my wife. Really? Is she a fan of the film? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We started dating in ninety-six. So ninety-seven we would have still been, you know, very early dating.
1: Okay. All right. Well, you will uh...
2: probably sell one like a little movie house in Baltimore. All right. That might be why I that I never thought about that. That might be why I have a fondness for that think when you
1: watch it again you'll
2: realize that that is why no 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 because I've seen it since but but you know I, I do but see but I do understand that sometimes I have an emotional attachment yes. to things that aren't necessarily connected to the quality of
1: it right and now watching it more, more
2: right right watching it for this right view I think you right know. like even with the sir with love which I absolutely love but there were scenes I was like ooh that's a little problematic he said, no man likes a sluttish woman, or at least not that long. I said, damn, Mark Thackeray, you're talking
1: to kids. Yeah, but I liked it, though. They weren't <laughs> kids. They were not kids. They, remember, at that point, they didn't want to be, he was treating them as adults.
2: I ain't like yeah, I will, you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, you said that in the class right now, you'd be fired.
2: Yo, <laughs> yo, yo, yo. <laughs> no man likes a slut for long. Now open your books. <laughs>
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, have here. plenty. Nice. Um, this show will be available on MichelleMission.com as well as Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and any place and good any place that podcasts are, as well as broadcasting on WPPMLP 106.5 FM, People Power Media, Philly Cam Radio, Philadelphia, and Camden, ladies and gentlemen. One o'clock on Saturdays is part of the movie block of radio shows on Philly Cam. We follow Philly on Location with Jordan Calling and Terrell Brown. Yes. Um, Alright, I think that's a, a, a just a about it. If you want to really help us out, support Black Podcast. Yes. Also, on the podcaster of your choice, please continue to give us nice ratings. And yes. even if you feel so moved to write a nice little review, we really appreciate it. We do. Also, support PhillyCam.org. It, it is a member um, sponsored uh, initiative, community, uh, excuse me, um, public access television here in Philadelphia as well as a community FM low power radio station that is doing great things here in the city of brotherly love um, but we can only do it with support by generous donations from people like you so go to phillycamp.org and please donate this week as part of our fall campaign um, fundraising drive all right we gotta get out of here. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, you know what we say?
2: We'll see you when it's time to meet again.